how you know it's a good week when there's two episodes of Marketing Home, Marketing You. Hey, at least that's how I feel about it. And today I'm bringing you part two of my conversation with Elizabeth Francisco of Resmen. So if you guys haven't already, go back and listen to part one. If you feel stuck in your career or you feel like you need to make a change, I want you to start there and hear her story. And today we pick up. So I ask Elizabeth, what would you, what advice would you give somebody if they find themselves where they're stuck or they're bored or they're not happy in their career? How could someone pivot or just dream a little bigger dream for themselves? And her answer is really the best I've ever heard. You know, because most of the time the answer starts with, um, you know, things that we need, action steps that we need to take outside of ourselves. But this one involves a mirror, and I think you guys are going to want to hear it. She's also sharing how she raised money for Resmen, how to find a mentor, and why we as women tend to network a little bit different than men and how we can change that. You guys are going to find this really interesting, so I'm going to let Elizabeth take it away. Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast, a show for busy multifamily and real estate professionals that want to kick butt in their careers without sacrificing their lives or their sanity. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. And then somebody came back and told me, I don't think you guys know what you've created. You should sell it. And that's how it started. My goodness. What, <laughs> what a story that I just, I mean, it was like not in the plan originally. This no. was just, yep. I mean, by like, by you being like, no, we've got to figure something out because we have no, no money. Necessity. And no decision. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and we need to save our job. That, that was the other thing too. make no mistake. I was worried about the team that I assembled. They trusted me. And I, you know, I take that seriously and I put that on myself. I'm obligated to do my best for them and work for them. And this was my, at the time, I thought our best way of, of making sure that we kept management of those assets. Because if, at the same time the recession was happening, 1031s were folding all across the country. And those were going into bankruptcy or they were getting bought out and those management companies being removed. And, the, and I, I was worried about that. You know, though, what's kind of crazy is full circle, like what we started talking about at the beginning when you said, you know, you honor the the solutions that have been created in the past. And then you ask, what could it be in a way by saying, okay, we know the things that these reportings are trying to get to, but nobody's reading them. Nobody's like, it's taking too much time. The real problem is they're not spending time on site. You went back to a totally different, you know, that was a symptom. You went to the core of the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. And that, and that's how we did it. And we literally rolled that out that same week. So <laughs> no, yeah, no time it. to think yeah, on we, it. Yep. We tackled all the operational, we, we tackled, it, uh, tackled everything that would contribute to occupancy and revenue first. And, you know, so when we first came to market, our accounting wasn't as strong as it needed to be to be competitive. Plus we built ours from the ground up. You know, there's other uh, companies that white label, some big players, they white label a solution um, to take advantage of that for the back office. We actually built ours from the ground up, which is, it's much harder and it t- took longer. So, um, but it's the right thing to do, but yeah, it's, it's been an interesting journey because, you know, when we decided to go to market with Roseman, I, I felt like I knew quite a bit. Thank goodness. I, 
learned so much about multifamily and, and thanks to all the apartment associations in Dallas and Tarrant County because I learned so much of my education through the association. So I'm a big supporter of, you know, where the dollars go in, in those associations because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. So that's a side note. But the reality was I didn't know the first thing about running a software company. The business model was so shockingly different. Um, and I, I think what's fortunate and why our partnerships changed over the years is I think I was the first one to start questioning these things out of the four or five partners. Um, because we had equity partners and sweat equity. Myself and Nick were what you called sweat equity, right? Um, and I, I saw the challenges. And But this is also where some, you know, hand of God, fate, powers to be working for us. I can't tell you all the help that I got. Um, you know, I remember one of the most impactful things that ever happened on this journey for Resmond is we knew we were going to have to raise money. So we bootstrapped it. We literally piggybacked off our office space in Sequoia. We, people that were on the team working for Resmond worked after hours. I mean, we just did this the good old fashioned way. Thank you to multifamily for teaching me how to stretch a pin. <laughs> 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 because I'm really good at spreading out the money. Um, but when we first started this, um, I realized we were going to have to raise money. And not everybody wanted to hear that. That didn't stop me. So I started making phone calls on my own. And I remember one day, like I would call and leave messages. We get, you know, people wouldn't call me back, but I just kept pushing. I just wouldn't give up. And I was driving down 121 here in Dallas from my house to work. Just decided Bluetooth on the phone, call, call this particular group. Um, and I'll never forget it. The CEO answered the phone. I was totally prepared to leave on yet another message. And so he answers the phone, this is Todd Gardner. And I'm like, be Todd Gardner? <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't even remember what I said. I think it was word vomit. I remember that. I was so unprepared. But I just started talking to him about what we were doing. And I knew we were going to need money. And uh, bless that man because he took it all in. And, and he helped me. He sent me my first bundle of SAS metrics. I didn't even know what some of those acronyms meant. So, you know, he set up a call to go over them with me. Uh, we weren't tracking any of them, by the way. Um, we had to really take a step back and I'm like, oh my gosh. So that was my basically SAS for dummies packet that he sent me. Um, and unfortunately he was an angel investor and we, we weren't, we didn't fit their model, but then he helped me get my first two, you know, pitches out of the way. Right. Um, and the whole thing is the funny thing is I asked him, I was like, I can't believe you answered the phone. He says, well, you know, normally I don't, but I was walking by. The receptionist was out. I don't even know what came over me. I just decided to answer the phone. <laughs> He's like, I just picked it up. Why not? And I'm like, well, thank God you did. Because <laughs> My it, goodness. I know. Isn't that the craziest story? But it really happened that way. And um, that was the first track because, I mean, it was pages and pages of information, some great white papers. Um, and I've kept, in, and as we've gone through different stages, I've reached back out to him in the past and he sent me more information um, to just help us on this journey because you know, inadvertently, I, we threw ourselves into, specifically me, because Nick was an engineer. You know, he, that's what his college degree was in. I'm embarking on a whole new career. And I just had it in the blue. It just started to happen. And not only am I embarking on a new career, it's not like coming in an entry-level position and learning. I am the one making the decisions. And I have all these people counting on me. You know, for somebody to join Resmond in the early days took such a leap of faith. Um, I, I took that to heart. I mean, that's a great responsibility that is in my hands now. And that means something. So, you know, that, a lot of those extra hours, I mean, it, it didn't stop. For eight years, it was that way. 
there's like 13,240 hours or something that were after hours. Hey guys, if you haven't already, go to watchyourbusinesssprout.com forward slash calendar. And there you can get a fillable PDF calendar of the current month with all the creative holidays, your social media checklist, and also a little training on what to do for this upcoming month when it comes to your events, your retention, your outreach, and just a whole bunch of other fun things. So make sure to check it out. Watchyourbusinesssprout.com forward slash calendar. I mean, so when you talk about what it takes to build that business, to build a business, it's not just your time, your energy, but basically you pour everything into it. And then a lot of things that just aligned because of different opportunities and different networks as well. Oh, yes. And I did too. I, I mean, the networking and, and actually through multifamily, you know, being introduced to other people who'd started SaaS businesses, um, you know, just paying it forward too, which is what I'm trying to do now is there's a lot of, I just met with somebody last night and you know, I wouldn't have made it. I, this business would not have gotten to where it is today if people had not been gracious with their time and offered it to me and offered knowledge. Um, but you also have to be willing to ask for it. You know, it's okay to admit you don't have all the answers. But that's a hard thing, I think, for a lot of people to do. I think so, too. I think, and especially I think women, sometimes they feel that it might look like a weakness on their part if they ask. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned that specifically. How would somebody go about finding a mentor? What, what advice would you give them? Oh, this is one of my favorite topics. It comes down to networking. Well, first, you just ask. <laughs> just, just ask. Um, you know, if you have the opportunity to, to attend uh, local association events, I encourage people to do that. You'll be surprised who you'll meet there. People are really gracious in this industry. I, I hear other people that come in from outside the industry comment on that, that we really are. It is called multifamily. And then we're the family, right? And it is a family. Um, so there are a lot of people in different stages of the career who are more than willing to help. Um, my supplier partners, when I was coming up through the ranks, even as a manager, um, I can't tell you how many times I relied on a supplier partner who was my rep that crossed over from a role either I was in or I was looking to grow into that, you know, they offered to help me. I asked, I'm like, I don't have this problem. And so they would offer advice. In fact, part of the reason Resmond, well, this is a big driving reason, part of why we haven't opened and connected, um, you know, our API platform and we're committed to it is for, because of the impression and the relationships I had with my suppliers, I'd be damned if somebody was going to tell me I couldn't use one of them because it doesn't work with my software. And that's why they have peace of mind I got from them and their help along the way is important. And that's important to us as operators. Um, but the other thing too, is if you're fortunate enough for your, to, to have your company invest in you to go to like NAA or TAA or Florida Department Association, their conference, any of these big conferences, I really challenge people to take it, take the opportunity that's before them for what it is. I know we have a lot of steam to blow off <laughs> in this industry. And I can tell you, I've seen a lot of people approach those events as just getting out of the office and it's party time. I really worked with my teams to not do that. I knew they were going to do it, but we had, we had strict things like what you do after hours, after the, the show and, and the official events are over, but we will meet at 8am. Many people have lost their jobs coming back from some of these because you've got to be aware. You're not on your time. And I think people have to understand that. So when you go to these events, don't look at it that way. Look at it as I'm on company time the entire time. I'm here to do a job for my company and improving my network and building these connections empowers me so that I can do a better job for the company I'm working for today. 
And I can tell you that in one of my sessions about, you know, empowering women improves the bottom line. I talk about that there's studies that show that men typically network two to three tiers above their current position, where women statistically network maybe one up or at their same level. And I can tell you now from going to um, the conferences as a supplier and being in the networking events and watching how people interact, because I'm an observer, I will tell you that's true because I've seen groups of property managers and they all tend to be around their regional. And you don't see them stretching out to, you know, the regional VP or anybody even above that, or even outside of their network in another company. That's one of the things I would encourage people to do more than anything is that if you, you want, remember what I said, learning the hard way sucks. <laughs> it does. So you want to find people that are two or three tiers above where you're trying to get to that have probably already been through you know, those hard times, they have those learned lessons that they can share with you so that you can navigate that same path more effectively. Yeah, so that's what I'd encourage people to do. That's so good, Elizabeth, because it's like, it's a shortcut, you know, people don't realize, but it's such a shortcut. Like you said, you don't have to learn the hard way and mm -hmm. your network really opens up so many doors. Yeah. And we're all going to have problems we face and challenges that come out of nowhere. And so I still use my network to this. I mean, I, I'm still expanding my network Currently, you know, as I'm, as I'm out looking to, to grow the company and, you know, also thinking about how do I help, you know, our young women in our industry, you know, navigate their careers in a better and more effective way. Um, I'm reaching outside and going into other industries and looking for women that are leading and, you know, what are they doing for their organizations? And it's really interesting. So I also encourage people to network outside of multifamily. You know, there's a lot of good, th there's a lot of good practices that you could bring back into your company. At the end of the day, the leadership's leadership. And if somebody is a great leader in another industry, it's just going to help you too. Such good advice. Okay. okay. So one of the big questions is what would you, what advice would you give to someone that finds themselves maybe stuck or just not happy where they're at in their current position, or they just, they want something different. What would, you know, just to dream a little bigger dream for themselves, what would you tell them? Well, First and foremost, I think you've got to take a step back and be willing to do some self-evaluation. And in that self-evaluation, you've got to be willing to ask yourself some tough questions. You know, one of the things I get asked a lot is, well, what do I need to do to grow my career? And I'm going to push back. Literally, first thing I'm going to say is, well, tell me what you've done to invest in yourself first outside of work. Because if you're not willing to invest in yourself and you don't believe you're worth the effort, and your future career self is not worth the effort, then why, why would I, right? And that's been the key to my entire career is the amount of effort and investment I was willing to put in myself. You know, the great thing about this industry is if you come into it with the right mindset and you're willing to sacrifice some of your personal time to continue to grow your own skills, um, you can literally move up through the ranks in four to six years from entry to a mid-level management position, a property manager, maybe even higher. Um, and you're running a multi-million dollar business with, and learning how to run that business, and getting all the business acumen that comes along with it, but you don't have all the student loans to go with it. Well, if you were going off to college, you'd be investing in yourself and putting that time in. So you should have that same mindset coming into any new role or any new career. So the first thing I would say is in that self-evaluation, you have to ask, 
well, what have I done for myself lately? (laughs) (laughs) That is you done for me. What have I done for myself lately? That is like a mic drop right there because (laughs) you you nailed it. It's like, if you're not willing to invest in you, then why would anyone else? Boom. Yep. And I think the, uh, the other side too, is like, no matter where you are in your career, I always tried to free up, you know, 10 hours a week on the clock to try and learn or you know, offer my help to the person above me. So when I was in leasing, it was the assistant manager. When I was assistant manager, it was the manager. And it was, I wanted to learn that role, help them with their role, which then helps them make, builds a relationship and they begin to rely on me and count on me. Um, but then it prepares me so when I get into that role, I'm more successful. And so I would challenge myself. So, you know, thank goodness I have a lot of energy. If you don't have this kind of energy, drink a Red Bull. <laughs> you gotta push yourself and believe me, you are capable of it because I have pushed my teams, especially some of my assistant managers about, I could tell you, you can crunch what you're doing if you worked aggressively and set a time for completion, you will free up time to do other things and learn more about the business. So that's one part of it. The other part about growing your career is, you know, you have to be willing to ask. I think it's interesting. I did a session up in uh, Michigan and a lady shared with me, she said, well, why is it, you know, I got to tell you, I was a little, a little frustrated. She goes, I offered another job. So I go to my company and I'm talking to them about to take this other job. And then that's when they decide to offer me more money. And she was resentful of it. And, you know, we're in the whole class and I'm sitting there and I was like, well, let's be real for a minute. You think about what you're doing today and the stress and the pressures and, and everything that's on your back today. And realize and just be open to the idea that the person above you, your supervisor, has the same, if not more, of those same pressures and stress. And unfortunately, in multifamily, we don't always have the um, economies of scale. We don't staff like we should. So I feel like a lot of us are overburdened at every level, right? So you're taking it personally because we're always told, and everybody hears, the work, let the work speak for itself. And the work does but the work doesn't actually have a verbal voice. So you have to promote and self-promote and you know, take the time to, to point out the things that are going well. And sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, and this is what I asked her, before you opened yourself up to another offer, did you ever sit down with your current supervisor and say, this is what I'm trying to get to. I feel like I've done a lot and I feel like I've done X, Y, and Z and, and be ready to back it up with facts and data. But I, I feel like, you know, I've, I'm worth this. Hopefully at that time, they, they will take a step back. They'll, you know, talk through it, realize it. And most of the time, if you truly are at that point, nine times 10, they're going to feel really bad. It's not personal. They just, we all get so buried, you know, a month and a half flies by before you know it. And, and they will, they'll have regret about that. And then worst case scenario is you also may be told, no, we don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. But then that's your opportunity to say, okay, I hear you. I want to learn. Let's, you know, help me make a plan of what I need to tackle and what you need to see from me so that I can earn that. And then you, you work on executing that plan. If you do those things and you make sure you build in the um, checkpoints along the way and you make it happen, don't wait for them to make it happen. Don't wait for everyone else to control your career. Take charge and you know, set those meetings. Maybe you cancel, set it again, set it again. Just don't take no for the answer. If you get to that point and you've delivered on those results and they're still not willing to reward you appropriately, then you need to ask yourself if you're in the right company. And if you're not, then you need to make that change and take that leap. 
So I, like I think that all your advice, though, it starts with you, like everything starts with you and what you've done for yourself, what you're doing to invest in you, what the initiative, if you're asking for it, and then only after you can check those boxes, it's like looking under the hood, so to speak, like where you're really being honest with yourself. Well, man, I think that's, that's probably been my, you know, I'm, that's the way I've just lived my whole life. And um, it's definitely helped me. I'm not always good at it though, by the way, <laughs> I have my moments, <laughs> you know, you know, I struggle too, but um, you know, I think, and if, and if you get to that point and you feel like maybe you're not in the right company, I think what you've got to do too is, you know, when you go out and you start to look and you're going to take this risk of, of making a change, you need to sit down and make a list of your pros and cons about what works, what doesn't work in your current role today. What are you willing to do for self-improvement? right? Because you may still need to keep working. Um, and then use that list as your interview questions for the next company. Like if you're looking to make a move and you're thinking, okay, where's my, where do I want my career to be in five years and 10 years? So after you get your pros and cons down, you make this list of, this is what I think I need in the opportunity, the next opportunity to help me achieve these goals, to get to point B, point A and point B and so on. And then when you go in, you know, recognize you have every right to interview the employer. That's your opportunity so that you make the right choice for you in your career and where you want to go. And so use that document as your foundation for the questions you're going to ask them. That's, that's great. Job. Yeah, that's great advice. So, okay, you've given us so much good stuff. Like, I, I feel like we could keep this conversation going, but I have a personal <laughs> question for you. I'm, I'm curious, at the end of the day, you know, all this work that you're doing, all this work that you've done, when people think of Elizabeth, what do you want them? Like, what's one word that you want to be remembered by? Oh, okay. I haven't, I have an answer. I, it's always the same answer. Um, authentic. I read an article uh, a long time ago and I, I saved the snippet from the article and I read it frequently um, because, well, I'll read it to you because it says authentic, authenticity is about presence living in the moment with conviction and confidence and staying true to yourself. An authentic person puts people around them at ease, like a comforting old friend who welcomes us and makes us feel at home. There's never any doubt or questioning the integrity of an authentic individual. Their behavior in terms of ethics and morals is as predictable as snow in wintertime in Minnesota. You know what you're going to get. I love that. I hope I'm that. I'm not always that, but I strive to be that person. I want, like when it's all said and done, that's what I want people to remember. And well, I want them to feel like I was authentic with them. And my authenticity is about helping people around me be the best that they can be. I feel like this conversation though is proof because I mean, it wouldn't said about being just comfortable because <laughs> this, this has been such a like comfortable conversation. And I think what I appreciated because this is so selfish too for me that I get to have these awesome, just real life conversations is, you are so real and raw about the good, the bad, and the ugly and everything <laughs> in between. And I think that's refreshing because we don't always see that. Everybody wants to kind of show the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's encouraging because it, it says whether you're 20 or 40 or 60, you can decide to be one, happy, and decide what your next step in your career is going to be. Yeah. And I would add to it that your the challenges you face, your struggles with confidence, your, um, you know, your, uh, uh, what was the word I was looking for? 
we can for like me, insecurities or that's where, thank you like i think that women so i did another session and, and um one of the questions i asked was a kpmg study that talked about women struggling with confidence at various stages in their career i can relate to that you should try being the head of a software company and you hire in seven male executives who are all from software and engineering talk about doubting yourself <laughs> in the conversation. I don't even understand the words they were saying sometimes. <laughs> and it'll take a toll on your self-confidence. Um, and it was interesting when I asked the question, I said, you know, to the audience when I was on the panel, I said, how many of you, and it was an executive level conference, how many of you struggle with confidence in your roles today? So mostly all senior leadership and um, every one of them raised their hand. But I raised my hand first, so they built, hey, I am, so I'm just admitting it. But they all raised their hand. So I think a message to take, too, is that, you, you know, this is, unfortunate. and the data backs that up, too, by the way, from KPMG, that, you know, while your, your confidence, it grows over time, but I was really surprised that women in senior leadership, 50% of them still struggle with it. And so just know that sometimes people give off this persona, and I think you mentioned this, too, about, and somebody else did recently, too, about what they think. I'm like or what this journey has been like and they have no idea all the struggles we were going through because if they don't think I ever showed it um, the reality is it's important that we let other people know that we struggle too and that nothing's perfect and it's always about you know falling forward and you know sometimes starting over and regrouping and how do you recover from a situation um, that's the reality it's not like, you know, it's like on, you talk about social media and everything so perfect looking, right? And Photoshop, and God bless whatever that did for all of our pictures. But you can't live up to that. Nobody no. can. Nobody looks like that because there is no Photoshop in real life. And there's it's no exhausting to try to. It is. And well, guess what? There's no Photoshop in business either. <laughs> so every business has its bumps and bruises. Everybody has bumps and bruises along the way. And Sometimes people just need to know, hey, what you're experiencing, you are not the person or you the last. So just reach out and let us help you through it. I love that. So what's next for Resmen and what's next for you? Um, well, Resmen's still on its way. <laughs> we've, we've still got a lot to conquer out there. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that the platform that is Resmen, I think, gives me an opportunity to do a lot in, in way of giving back. I love this industry. I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have been able to provide for my family if it hadn't been for um, multifamily. So the passion for our users is real. Um, and the people who use my software at all levels, but especially the front lines, you know, now I'm, I'm looking for as we've grown and, and I don't have everything personally on my back as much as I did before and I have more bandwidth. You know, I wanna get out there and I wanna be, I wanna be part of the solution. I think the industry is evolving and we're changing and I think a lot of people from outside the, outside our industry are being brought into top level positions because I'm seeing it among our customers. And with that comes ideas from outside. Out, and these ideas sometimes are more progressive because we're a little behind here in multifamily, even in some of our uh, business practices and our you know the way we engage with people and customers and the processes we put in place and the technology we use. And that's pretty intimidating um, to those of us who have been here. You know, when you don't have that college degree and you came up through the ranks but now you have people at the head of your company who are used to having a workforce that all has degrees. By the way, those people are also paid a lot more, but they're expecting you to act a certain way and do things the way they're used to. That can cause a lot of anxiety. And so I'm trying to figure out where I can, whether it's doing sessions or speaking engagements and just try to help us along with that journey and also help young women. I'm doing a lot of speaking about that, about 
And with that, it, it's not that women need any special treatment. I'm not, I don't think any of us want anything, you know, just because we're female, like we don't want that right. just because of that. We want to earn it. But then again, I can also tell you that there were people who pulled me up. They had, saw my potential before I did. And so I think if you know that your front, there's people on your front line that maybe you're dealing with things, that if you know where they come from, or even just being in property management, you know, sometimes being out on site and being a property manager is such a servant mentality. There's a difference, I think, between servant leadership and being servant mentality to your residents. And especially when you have strong male residents that come in, and I, I would be willing to bet if I could see people raise hands listening, they started off on front lines like I did. There was at some point in their career, they had a maintenance guy or their security officer hang around because of a conversation they had to have with a certain male resident. Oh yeah. It happened to me more times than I can possibly count. Me too. And, but you're, the tone you're supposed to take and how you're still supposed to be worried about that retention guy, you, you want to, you want to put things back in place, but you don't want to lose the resident. I think sometimes that mentality and those teachings makes it hard for us to evolve and communicate as we move up the ladder. So if you know that, think about how in your organization you can step up and, and help. I think women that come in like I did in a, and I, this is a really important part of my message. When you have people coming in the front lines that are single parents, even the best companies may inadvertently exploit that potential individual. Because when somebody has their daycare down the street, right? They have their kids in the elementary school around the corner. They have Miss Mary who they're not supposed to fraternize with, but by the way, is the only one that have to watch their children when they, when they're sick because you can't afford to call in sick to, and you have your rental discount, you, you have to know that there's an immediate anxiety about bucking the system or, or speaking up to challenge someone above you. Because if it's not received well, and if you don't work to provide a culture where you pull information out of them, that by the way they have, and they're holding on to, that's probably really good for your company to know, but there's so much anxiety to the risk the risk is my rent. The risk is my kids' daycare. The risk is the school and then changing schools. The risk is Miss Mary and then uprooting their lives. I mean, that's a lot of weight for somebody in that position. And so I think that's the other part of the message too. Like for those individuals, I think understanding that and taking a moment to appreciate that and help pull them through is another part of this message that I want to get across. That's an awesome message. I think that's needs to be said. And that coming from a person that's been through those same circumstances that holds a lot of weight. So Elizabeth, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Is it on social media or just at an event? Um, any of them. I mean, I, I would say that I've got, um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm more of a stalker. I don't, I don't have that many exciting things in my life. It's, you know, what have you done at Resmond today? Um, but the best way to is, and I have the greatest email ever, by the way. Uh, I fought for this one. It's E, just letter E, because that's what they call me, at my resume. That which is, is kind the of, best. Isn't it? Which is kind of cool because I am employee number one. And so, of course, I think of this as my resume. So E at my resume. And then the other flip side of that is we use the my resume for the URLs for all of our customers so that their company is their company at my resume. So it kind of subliminally reinforces it's their resume too. 
So I, like, I love I, that. That's, I love that's, that. A, that's a good little marketing <laughs> tip too, right there. It was a little, you know, we thought about it. It was like, cause Resin was already taken by this oil company up in Canada who is way too proud of that URL. <laughs> and we're not paying that to get it. <laughs> they weren't going to let it go. I love it. It makes it very personal. <laughs> so Elizabeth. I'm always willing to help. So um, LinkedIn's pretty good. Um, my email gets pretty bombarded, but, um, and just come up to me any event. I'll talk and meet anybody. I, I love, okay. I love our people. You'll find Elizabeth chatting with everyone because you are you are definitely a come professional a professional friend maker. Yeah, come network with me, and if I'm not the right person to help mentor you, I I'm building a network of people who I think would help. I I think that's awesome. Well, this has been an incredible conversation for me. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Oh, I can't wait to see the final version too, but you're awesome. Thanks for inviting me. And you know, I'm a big fan of yours and I have been for a while. So it was great talking to you. Thank you. Well, there you have it, guys. I told you Elizabeth was the best of the best and she doesn't pull any punches. You know, when she said, I get asked a lot, what do I need to do to grow my career? Her response is still one of my favorites. She says, I'm going to push back literally. I'm going to say, well, tell me what you've done to invest in yourself first outside of work. Because if you're not willing to invest in yourself and you don't believe you're worth the effort and your future career self is not worth the effort, then why, why would I? My goodness, that is a power punch right there. So great words of advice. You guys connect with Elizabeth, connect with us. And if you love this podcast episode, please leave us a review either on Spotify or iTunes um, you can subscribe there also, and we love bringing you this kind of content. And when you do that, it helps more people see it. So until next week, guys, I'll see you guys later. Have a great rest of your week and we'll talk next week.